Hello and welcome to episode 378 of the Keto Diet Podcast. My name is Leanne Vogel. I'm so thrilled to have you here today if you're new or if you're returning. I just love getting your messages in various places, mostly on Instagram. I'm at Leanne Vogel when you guys just like pop in and say, hey, I love today's episode or have you thought about this, that or the other thing? It's so great. So we have a super treat here for you today. I really, really, really love sharing these episodes with you. The last time we did a blood work pattern episode was 374, where we were talking about the patterns in your blood work that have been shown to reflect a B vitamin need and what sorts of B vitamins and why it might be needed. We also did a blood work pattern episode back in episode 365, where we were talking about anemias and heavy metals. So if you're new to the whole blood work conversation, I would highly suggest if you enjoyed today's episode, head back on over to episode 356 and 360 and some of the episodes that I just mentioned. Every couple of weeks, at least every couple of months, I've been trying to post a a new audio here um, of a recording that I've shared with a client going through their blood work. Many of you have said just how helpful it has been and how eye-opening it's been that you can glean so much information from a basic CMP14 or CBC with differential. And I know when I first got into blood chemistry a while back, I was blown away with how many answers you could get out of just standard blood work. And it can be really fun to follow along with your own blood work and kind of go through what you have, what you don't, what markers uh, you may want. Um, If this is of interest to you, I've put together a free resource over at healthfulpursuit.com slash labs. I'll be sure to add that to the show notes of today's episode if you're unsure how to spell that or anything. And it just goes through a complete list of blood markers to ask your PCP for and just look over things. Additionally, when you sign up for that little list. I'll send you a couple of emails over the course of a couple days on what to look for, what sort of patterns there are, and then introduce you to a couple of ways that you can start understanding your own blood work. So again, that's healthfulpursuit.com slash labs. Okay, let's do this thing. Hey, I'm Leanne Vogel. You're listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. I've created a free guide with tips on how to start keto and maintain your fat-fueled life. Grab it at healthfulpursuit.com slash free as a little thank you for listening to the show. I just got the blood work back, so I sent it over to you. I know that you've just been diagnosed with a papulopostular rosacea due to Demodex um, brevis mites, basically parasites. And so that's super fun. We can totally work with this. And uh, I know that you had some ideas as to next steps, what you wanted to do. Um, So I just want to kind of take you through some of the patterns in your blood work and ask you some rhetorical questions and provide some just overall suggestions as I'm going through things. Okay, and then we'll wrap things up by just talking a little bit about the protocol that you could build for yourself because this is a one-time assessment. And so I have some ideas and let's just go through things step by step so that you can understand uh, what we're looking at. Okay, so we're gonna, I'm gonna kind of be bouncing around in the blood work that we received uh, just to make things make more sense, okay? So I had to manually calculate iron saturation that's sitting at 14%. 
Okay, um, and then TIBC, UIBC, iron, ferritin, these are all markers that are generally used to tell us your iron status, specifically the iron saturation, TIBC, and UIBC. So we can see that these are generally elevated, and when we look at these, these are red flag markers when they're elevated that have been shown to reflect generally low hydrochloric acid, okay, and or iron anemia. So when I look at the rest of your, just if I were to look at an iron anemia situation, generally I would expect to see the ferritin lower and I would expect to see the hemoglobin lower and I don't see that. So I don't think that this is necessarily, I think generally, Ferritin can be increased when we have inflammation. So your ferritin could actually be much lower than what we're seeing here. Okay, so there's that. Iron is not generally a good marker for iron status. So I'm kind of putting that out of my mind. When I see the TIBC, UIBC, and iron saturation the way that they are, my mind definitely goes to the body needs iron. And then it becomes um, is why why does your body need iron? Generally, most people eat enough that they shouldn't have an iron problem. So then it becomes, why, why are we losing this? Okay, so iron deficiency is generally due to dietary situation or a nutrient situation or a digestive situation or both. Okay, so if we look just the iron piece, if you were vegan, I would expect to generally see this pattern. Okay, if you're not, then that's weird. If you have digestive issues, which we're going to talk about in a second, and some of the patterns that have been shown to reflect digestive issues, this could be what's going on. And then nutrient issues, specifically copper and vitamin A are needed to absorb uh, iron, as is vitamin C a little bit. I don't see much of that pattern, specifically when vitamin C is needed. We generally see some of these patterns, um, but I'm not seeing that completed. So that's kind of in the back of my mind, just the nutrient piece and the digestive piece. Okay. Um, and in the case of women, of course, doesn't apply to you. Then we think about menstruation and all those things, which we don't need to go there. Okay. So overall, the RBC, hem uh, hemoglobin, hematocrit, MCV, MCH, all that red blood cell stuff actually looks really, really good. Okay. Then functionally, we look at the white blood cells and the differential. Okay, so you have the neutrophils, lymphocytes, monocytes, eosinophils, basophils. Okay, so we're seeing that the neutrophils are lightly elevated with the lymphocytes pulling down and the monocytes elevated. Generally, this is a pattern that's been shown to reflect more bacterial in nature. So like what we, what we were talking about on the skin and things, it's likely contributing to this and could be sourced also from the gut. And like we were talking about over chat, it's generally parasites are able to take root in a body that's not resilient and a body that's not resilient allows these guys to come in and set up camp in the body. And so generally, it's very, very uncommon to see a parasitic issue without a bacteria issue. And by addressing both kind of at the same time, we can make some good headway. Y'all have heard me talk about Blue Blocks before, the company that makes the best blue light blocking glasses and EMF blocking products. Blue Blocks has rebranded to Bond Charge with the same commitment to evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. Their extensive range of premium products help you sleep better, perform better, have better energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list is endless. From blue light blocking glasses to EMF management and circadian friendly lighting, Bond Charge products help you naturally address the 
issues of our modern day way of life effortlessly and with maximum impact. An area the bond charge is leading the way on is EMF. EMF in addition to being a possible carcinogenic, EMF may also cause other health issues, including headaches, fatigue, general malaise, muscle pain, nausea, sleep disturbances, and short-term memory loss. So what do you do to protect yourself? Do what I do and block the EMF because getting off your laptop isn't always the realistic solution. Bond Charge has EMF protection products that guarantee up to 99% EMF blocking, including their EMF protection earphones, their protection laptop mats. I currently have one. Their harmonizing sticker that you can use on your phone, a protection blanket that you can use while watching TV or on a flight, and a protection hat and beanie that you can wear on your head to protect your brain from Wi-Fi and radiation from 5G. You can go to bondcharge.com slash KDP and use the coupon code KDP to save 20%. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash KDP and use the coupon code KDP to save 20%. Then we look to your insulin overall. Now when it comes to the insulin, this is rather low. And so generally this is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect a very low carb diet, perhaps unnecessary or type one or type 1.5, like the autoimmune form of diabetes. Now in your history and things, we talked about that. None of that is coming up. It's, it's likely due to diet. So if you tell me that you eat a ketogenic low carb diet, it's probably that you're doing it too hard and you actually don't need that low carb of a diet. If you tell me that you don't really care about what you're eating and or maybe you care slightly, but like you're eating carbs and you don't count the carbohydrates, I would suggest watching this and perhaps involving your doctor with this number just to say, you know, like my insulin is one, um, just wanted to get your feedback. Now your glucose is sitting at 87. It looks beautiful. We didn't do any more uh, blood sugar pieces, but just so that you understand if you're eating a low carb slash ketogenic diet, if we hadn't gone through the diet pieces together, because it is the one time assessment, then I would start increasing carbohydrates. So you could increase carbohydrates because it looks like your body could benefit from that. Okay. So um, that's something to note for sure. Now the rest in that area, like the uric acid, bun, creatinine, overall kidney status looks super great. Then we look to sodium, potassium, chloride. The chloride is slightly decreased generally in addition to where we see the globulin. I'm going more with um, bowel issues and just overall bowel support being needed, especially because we're seeing the iron pattern uh, the way that it is. So this just feeds into a pattern. And when I say pattern... It's really think of it as if you have 10 out of 10 things in your markers and chances are it's that thing. If you have like one out of 10 things, chances are it's not that thing. Okay. So it's just kind of a score that I keep in my head as we're going through the blood work and kind of determine what are the red flag markers? What have they been shown to reflect and how many of them do you have complete in a pattern? Okay. So uh, with chloride, Generally, we would look to sodium and potassium to kind of figure out what's going on here. It could be that this is a pattern of just slight hypothyroid or hypoadrenal in nature, rather. Generally, this is seen when there's stuff going on in the gut. There's things in the body that shouldn't be there, in this case, parasites, perhaps bacteria. Then we're generally going to see the adrenals not be very happy and the glucose not be very happy. So we're not seeing that glucose piece. We are seeing the reverse T3 of the thyroid 
thyroid be a little bit elevated. Generally, this is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect um, just some issues, usually excess cortisol, stress, infection. So this can often be in addition to the sodium, potassium, and chloride that kind of goes sideways that tells us that there's something going on. So if I had to kind of pinpoint timeline for you, I wouldn't say this is going on for very long likely triggered in the last six months, which we talked about. And I'm glad that you're addressing this now as opposed to waiting, because usually when you wait, what ends up happening is the glucose starts to increase, the thyroid starts to become dysregulated, um, because that reverse T3, what that's doing with that slight elevation is it's telling the body, we don't, we don't want active thyroid. It's trying to slow your body down because whatever's happening in your body, the body wants to slow your metabolism down to help uh, the healing process and help your body overcome whatever's going on. So I like that we're doing this now as opposed to five years or 20 years from now, because that's often when people reach out for help. So good work on that. Okay. Um, so the chloride piece, I believe feeds more into just overall gut support being needed and likely a little bit of adrenal support being needed. If you find yourself getting a little bit more tired and things like this, um, it could just be due to the adrenals getting a little bit overworked due to what's going on in the body. Okay. Then we have the albumin. So albumin is elevated. Um, generally, no, all the time. <laughs> this is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect chronic uh, dehydration or just uh, temporary dehydration. So how we kind of determine what's going on here um, is by looking at the rest of the markers to kind of see how long has this situation been going on for. So generally when we have um, a high albumin such as yours, we're going to look to things like protein, bun, um, some of the H markers, the sodium, the potassium to give us an assessment of your hydration status. So many of those things actually look good in your blood work. So then we have to kind of put on the glasses of looking at your blood work with dehydration glasses on and saying, well, if the albumin is that high, is sodium actually at 139? Is potassium actually at 4.4? Okay, so my suggestion here, when albumin is above around like 4.8, 4.9, is to hydrate super well over the course of a month, uh, drinking distilled water that's been rehydrated, um, uh, restructured rather, with uh, minerals or well filtered water with electrolytes either in the distilled or the filtered water and do that for a month at around 100 ounces a day and retest your CMP 14 uh, CBC with differential and just check on things and see kind of where your hydration piece is at. Um, if that continues to be elevated and your albumin just will not come down no matter how much you drink, there are a couple things that are likely going on. Generally, when I see deep dehydration patterns with an albumin the way that it is, I start to think mold. Okay, so when albumin and globulin are going in separate directions, so you have albumin pulling up, the globulin, globulin rather pulling down, then we start to think, what infection is causing this? Okay, so generally, 
If the albumin does not respond to hydration, my first thought is, are you living in mold? Do you have water damage in your house? The second thought is, what infection is causing this pull apart with these two markers? So we have confirmed parasites, suspected bacteria. So I wouldn't be surprised if by addressing parasites, bacteria, the albumin starts to come down, the globulin comes up as you're supporting gut support, just working on overall gut support rather, and kind of checking in after I would say four months of doing um, a protocol. Okay. So um, like I said, that globulin is generally feeds into the bowel situation. We do have the iron pattern feeding into that and the low chloride. Okay. Another marker that I wanted to highlight GGT. So GGT is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect just overall glutathione need, magnesium need. The reason why I think it's more magnesium for you is because your vitamin Ds are off balance. You have the 25-OHD, which is lower, and the 125-OH2D, which is higher. Now, when we look at these vitamin Ds, we understand that in order to soak up vitamin D, we need magnesium. But in order to soak up magnesium, we need water and a healthy gut, okay? So you can take magnesium left, right, sideways, and upside down. If your gut is not absorbing it, you're not gonna do well in that area. Magnesium serum can be a good marker, but it's not the top marker that we use for magnesium, okay? So I would say that supplementing with vitamin D just in the interim to get things balanced out a little bit, adding magnesium, but generally, when we're seeing the 25-OHD be lower than the 125-OH2D or the calcitriol, it's usually due to a deficiency, magnesium need, or because of an uh, intracellular infection or an infection of some kind. Okay, so I would say in the interim, it could be beneficial to, again, supplement with vitamin D and magnesium to just bring overall support, understanding that when we have a gut that's not working optimally, a lot of the nutrients that we're eating or supplementing with on a daily basis are not going to be absorbed. So really what needs to happen is you are supporting the digestive system, killing off the things that shouldn't be there, binding up those things, and also bringing support overall to digestion. So over time, the nutrients that you are supplementing with, you're going to start absorbing better and all that. Okay, so that's what I think is more so going on with that GGT is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect more magnesium need for you. Okay, then we have a slight of what looks like more autoimmune in nature pattern uh, in the cholesterol. So uh, generally when we see these low triglycerides, high HDL, low vitamin D, high monocytes going on, generally it can be due to um, an autoimmune pattern. And so this is something to just keep an eye on and just kind of see by addressing infection, generally we're able to get a handle on some of these patterns and the body is able to slide back into balance. Thyroid, like I mentioned uh, to you earlier, the reverse T3 is really only the marker um, that's really red flagged at this point. Uh, generally, this is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect uh, infection, blood sugar issues. Um, so again, with that uh, insulin, if you tell me I'm eating a low carb diet, I'd be like, start eating more carbohydrates. If you're like, I eat all the carbohydrates, then it's something to just... Um, chat with your doctor about and get them in the loop about that insulin um, that's lower. Whether you're keto, low-carb, paleo, or somewhere in between, electrolytes facilitate hundreds of functions in the body, including the conduction of nerve impulses, 
hormonal regulation, nutrient absorption, and fluid balance. This is amplified on the ketogenic diet, but every human requires this balance. When you have adrenal hypo or hyperfunction, this affects your body's ability to balance sodium and potassium. Do you get headaches behind your left eye? This is a good sign that you need sodium. Headaches behind your right eye? This is a good sign you need potassium. Nearly every one of my clients that I work one-on-one -on -one with have an imbalance of electrolytes when they first come to see me. Symptoms such as headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, or seen right there in their blood work. Much of this is improved with proper electrolyte supplementation. Now, I personally consume at least one packet of electrolytes daily, and not just any electrolyte, element electrolytes, because it doesn't have sugar, fillers, coloring, artificial, gunk, and has the effective electrolyte ratio that so many other guys don't do right with 1,000 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, 60 milligrams of magnesium, that perfect combination. Right now, Element is offering my listeners a free sample pack with any order. That's eight single serving packets free with any element order. This is a great way to try all eight flavors or share element with a salty friend. Get yours at drinklmnt.com slash KDP. This deal is only available through my link. You must go to drinklmnt.com dot com slash kdp element offers a no questions asked refund so you can try it totally risk free if you don't like it share it with a friend and they will give you your money back no questions asked you really have nothing to lose i just love these guys again it's drinklmnt.com slash kdp okay then we have the t3 uptake which is just slightly low just functionally low um just something to keep an eye on um, generally the thyroid is the second thing to get wonky after, um, an infection has taken place. Generally it's the adrenals, which we're seeing a little bit of stuff going on there. And as the adrenals start to go sideways, then the thyroid follows suit. So I wouldn't be surprised if you were not to address the situation in about six months to a year, you might start having some thyroid issues, but right now it looks pretty good. And I'm glad we're getting a handle on things now. A urine analysis looks good functionally. And then homocysteine, we see slightly elevated. Uh, this is a red flag marker that's been shown to reflect inflammation, nutrient needs. If you're having too much muscle meat, uh, this can show up specifically if you are doing more of a muscle meat uh, situation, it can be helpful to add more organ meats. And so this kind of ties into the uh, GGT marker that we were discussing earlier. Uh, high homocysteine can cause low cysteine, therefore low gl glutathione. Okay. And this can cause issues with B6 and a bunch of different things because of all the things we won't get into. Um, but yeah, so I would say when it comes to just overall homocysteine support, it could be due to diet. If you're doing a lot of muscle meat, then um, adding more organs could be beneficial and high homocysteine, which will cause low cysteine and therefore low glutathione leading to issues with just overall liver function. Uh, B6 can be required in the case of um, that situation going on. And all this may be caused by infection or sometimes I do see this with metals, but I don't see the rest of the patterns indicated in there. So I'd go more with nutrients. 
due to your gut not properly absorbing them. Okay, so yeah, that's kind of the blood work in a nutshell. Um, and kind of, well, not really a nutshell, it's been like 20 minutes, but I hope that's helpful for you seeing kind of what's going on here. What are some of the high piece items that we need to address? I would say just in summary, Nutrients need to be addressed only because when we believe that there's something going on with the gut, the nutrients that you're eating and even supplementing with just isn't enough. So getting clear on just a really good multivitamin, okay, and probably opening up that multivitamin so you're taking it in liquid form, uh, breaking open that capsule and taking it in liquid form can be super helpful for absorption while also working on the gut, okay, in a proper remove, replace, repair protocol uh, following um, that, doing re-inoculation and balancing things out well. Okay. And then uh, in the remove section of that protocol, working on uh, killing off the things that shouldn't be there, specifically what we believe to be going on is bacteria uh, and parasitic imbalances. So that's kind of a summary of what I believe should be a top priority. In addition to kind of on the side, uh, working through some of the hydration pieces. And I would say when you uh, hydrate really, really well over the next four weeks, it could be beneficial to um, get the albumin. I would just do a CMP 14 for that um, and just kind of see how everything has settled with the hydration. If nothing has improved and then go through next steps, which I mentioned. And if it has, then you know that you were not properly hydrating and you need to do a much better job on that. And I would say after four months of kind of doing nutrients and a gut protocol, checking up on all the markers and kind of seeing where you are and seeing if anything has gotten any better and using symptoms also for that. So yeah, I hope that's helpful. I hope you really enjoyed today's episode. Again, this was a recording that you were listening to uh, that I prepared for a client where we reviewed bacteria and gut issues. I hope you learned a little something. And if you're interested in blood chemistry, definitely head back to episode 356, episode 360. Also, episode 365 was a good one. And if you want to learn more about this, head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash labs, where I've put together a free outline of all the different markers that you can look at. And then in addition, you'll get a couple of emails. I think there's like three or four emails. I'll then stop emailing you, but it gives you an outline of other little tidbits and things that you might not be aware of as it relates to your blood work. So I will see you back here for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast next Tuesday. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. Music for the Keto Diet Podcast provided by Yechi. Follow Jacob on Instagram at Yechi underscore official and on Spotify as Yechi. That's Y-E-C-H-I. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.